Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stage Zero Life Sciences third quarter financials call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode, and the floor will be open for your questions and comments following the presentation. It is now my pleasure to turn the floor over to your host, Rebecca Greco. Ma'am, the floor is yours. Thank you, Catherine. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining the Stage Zero third quarter 2021 earnings conference call. Joining me today is Stage Zero Chairman and CEO, James Howard Tripp. CFO and COO Matthew Pietras and Dr. Padman Vamadevan, Stage Zero's Clinical Director of Global Program Development. Please note the management's discussion today will contain forward-looking statements about anticipated results and future prospects. Forward-looking statements involve a number of risks and uncertainties, and Stage Zero's results may differ materially from those discussed today. Investors should consult the company's ongoing quarterly filings and annual reports for additional information on risks and uncertainties relating to these forward-looking statements. Investors are cautioned not to rely on these forward-looking statements. The company disclaims any obligation to update these forward-looking statements except as required by law. On today's call, management will refer to non-GAAP adjusted EBITDA. The metric includes certain items discussed in our press release under the heading Discussion of Non-GAAP Financial Measures and any other items that management believes should be excluded when reviewing continuing operations. The reconciliations of Stage Zero's non-GAAP measures to the comparable GAAP measures are available in the financial tables of the Q3 2021 Financial Results Press Release on Stage Zero's website. With that, I would like to turn the call over to James Howard Tripp, Stage Zero's Chief Executive Officer and Chairman. James? Thank you, Rebecca, and hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Q3, in what has been a tumultuous 18 months, has certainly been one of our busiest. This quarter, we very significantly advanced Stage Zero's mission of developing one of the foremost cancer detection, diagnostic, and treatment programs in the world. Our proprietary technology, the deep expertise of our clinicians, and our experienced leadership team have Stage Zero positioned to catalyze change in healthcare. Of this, we are certain. On September 2nd, we closed the acquisition of Care Oncology, creating a vertically integrated healthcare company. Since then, we have launched the AVERT program, positioned Aristotle within it, established an on-site clinic in Richmond for Aristotle specimen collection as we test and build out a physical hub and spoke model, significantly expanded our management team, both in the U.S. and the U.K., onboarded a new CFO and COO. We also listed on the OTCQB exchange in September. This past week, we announced an alliance with Teen Cancer America, which gives us both a national platform to highlight the need for early diagnosis of cancer in all age groups and the fact that there are strategies by which to do this. Please turn to slide four. As a company, we are devoted to meaningfully improving cancer patient outcomes through early detection and intervention. The COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated the challenges the medical field faces in detecting and treating cancer. To 
During the height of the pandemic, physicians' offices were often closed, routine checkup schedules were disrupted, biopsies and screening appointments were postponed. This dislocation of critical medical services has caused more cancer diagnoses to be made at later and later stages, leading to tragic and irreversible patient outcomes. In fact, it is now spoken of as a tsunami of late-stage cancer diagnoses. We have to get back to finding cancer early. Next slide, please. At Stage Zero, we're promoting a healthcare system that minimizes illness by proactively identifying high-risk individuals at the earliest detectable stages of disease. To this end, after more than a decade of research, we have developed Aristotle, a first-of-its-kind multi-cancel testing panel for t simultaneously screening for multiple cancers from a single sample of blood using mRNA gene expression profiling. What makes Aristotle different from other multi-cancer liquid biopsy screening tests is the high sensitivity and specificity that we offer. With Aristotle, a positive test does not just tell the patient that they have some form of cancer. It tells the patient with greater than 90% accuracy the type of cancer they most likely have. The sensitivity and specificity continues through to detecting cancer at all stages. For example, in colorectal cancer, finding stage 1 and 2 cancer equally as well as stage 3 and 4. This is a major differentiator from other cancer tests and a significant competitive advantage for stage 0. Next slide. The early diagnostics market is large and growing quickly, but this is only part of our story. Combined with our liquid biopsy and telehealth capabilities, we're positioned at the nexus of three of the most exciting areas in healthcare today. We could be in any one of these segments, but we are instead in all three. I will say that again. We could be in any one of these segments, but we are instead in all three. The opportunities ahead of us are substantial, and the scope of how we can improve patient outcomes for potentially millions of people is a driving force of why we're doing what we do day-to-day -day at Stage Zero. Next slide, please. We believe that vertical integration is an essential part of success in today's post-COVID marketplace, and recent examples of successful companies supports that. Therefore, the acquisition of Care Oncology was an important step in realizing our growth strategy. So what have we done? We know the pandemic has fundamentally changed the way healthcare services are provided, most noticeably with an enormous shift to telehealth services. Stage Zero and Care Oncology have well-developed telehealth capabilities that allow us to read patients mostly everywhere. The US, the UK and European Union, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, India, for example, in a way and at the times requested by patients. We can consult with them, arrange for them to have diagnostic tests, send a phlebotomist to their home, or arrange for them to visit one of our laboratory partners and provide them with treatment plans. We had to, however, bolt our two systems together. In the same way, we have had to merge the IT systems. Websites to where we would direct patients to initiate programs had to be built and aligned. Payment options allowed case managers, nurses, and physicians briefed or trained in the new tests and programs, 
external lab partners brought on board, and the myriad other tasks that go with large, sophisticated program introductions. Health Clinics, the parent company to Care Oncology, were very accommodating before the closing and work with us to test and fine-tune various marketing messages that has allowed us to get out of the gate. For example, with the small change in marketing in the U.S. to the TREAT program, we've seen an immediate 15-20% increase in consultations as we're able to reach more people. Various components of our comprehensive cancer care has been available for a while. They have, however, only just come together in a comprehensive way we intended. Diagnostics plus treatment with the attendant revenue streams from each. Remember, patients stay with us for months and years. We're now processing a significant number of patients in the queue for the tests and programs. As a reminder, AVERT is the program that helps patients to reduce their risk of developing metabolic pathway diseases such as cancer by way of early detection and interventions. Aristotle and the single cancer test are integral to this. TREAT, built on the Care Oncology Protocol, is our adjunctive treatment program to standard of care for patients with cancer. Our innovative solutions and market approach, combined with our dedicated team of experts, sets us apart in the healthcare industry. In summary, we're taking a systematic approach centered on creating patient convenience and value. We run our tests in our own advanced laboratories, employ our own physicians, nurses, and phlebotomists, and have our own proven patient care protocols to take back control from disease and empower patients to live longer while improving their quality of life. I now call, turn the call over to Dr. Padman Vamadavan, our um, Clinical Director of Global Program Development, um, and Pad will share a uh, clinical perspective. Please go ahead. Thank you, James, and good morning to everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Firstly, I'd like to address the concept of what it means to be healthy in today's society. Traditionally, this has been simply defined as the absence of disease, and this would imply that the transition from a state of health to one of disease is a purely binary construct. In reality, modern medicine has demonstrated that the spectrum of health in humans is far more nuanced than this. For example, most patients eventually diagnosed with cancer may exhibit underlying physiological or serological alterations that are biomarkers of high risk or precancerous state for up to five to 10 years prior to their eventual diagnosis. And this phenomenon is true of almost all chronic diseases. Unfortunately, in those patients without any overt symptoms or signs, there is no currently established clinical pathway to proactively screen for and elucidate these vital hidden signals and to then subsequently reduce risk and improve patient outcomes from much earlier intervention. The deployment of Aristotle as part of the wide revert offering provides stage zero with a unique platform on which to maximize these public health gains. Not only are we operating at the intersection of three global health megatrends, as James mentioned earlier, but we can also draw on the highly specialist clinical expertise in immunometabolic oncology that is now available to us following the acquisition of care oncology, enabling early intervention in addition to early detection. Our medical team has unparalleled knowledge in targeting the underlying chronic inflammatory and metabolic pathways that underpin the development of cancer, as well as other chronic diseases, from our research and clinical work with care oncology. 
and drawing on this experience ensures that each consumer receives the very best clinical advice for their individual circumstance. Stage Zero have a clear commitment towards catalyzing a transformational paradigm shift in healthcare, from the current sick care model to one of proactive risk reduction, early detection, and intelligent intervention. This depends on the enablement of consumers to make positive health choices for themselves, underpinned by a fundamental change in mindset in how we define health, illness, and treatment, and the empowerment of consumers with the provision of high-quality education and expert clinical oversight from physicians with a proven track record in this field. Our inherent advantage is that we've taken a bifurcated outcome of health or illness, and instead, by capturing the entire depth and breadth of an individual's serological, physiological, and sociodemographic profiles longitudinally over many years, we are able to establish a continuum of millions of relevant data points that enable us to robustly interpret a consumer's current and future health status. When interrogated comprehensively by our clinicians and used to tailor a course of interventions, we hope to dramatically enhance health outcomes by identifying early stage disease and even reducing the possibility of disease occurrence in those deemed to be high risk. What we're doing at stage zero is of paramount importance for several reasons. COVID-19 has shown the public that the traditional external indices of health aren't always representative of one's true risk of becoming seriously unwell. As a result, people have never felt more aware of their own mortality, nor more minded to proactively take responsibility for their own health. Empowering them to do so under the supervision of expert clinicians is vital to ensure that scattergun testing does not simply raise more questions than answers. Furthermore, the process of screening and diagnosis can typically represent an arduous and particularly stressful journey for cancer patients, and there is frequently an absence of specialist support or advice throughout. Stage Zero's wraparound clinical platform streamlines this continuum of care for all patients, and given the established telehealth integration of our service, we have an unsurpassed reach to join the dots for users in every corner of the world. As a doctor, it's truly exciting to work on developing a groundbreaking program that I'm certain will lead to the transformational public health benefits to consumers and patients at every stage of health and illness. Thank you all for your time. I'll hand back to you now, James. Thanks very much, Padman. Um, we cannot overestimate the importance of the physician in the process Padman's just described. The physician truly has the ability to guide and help the patients on their journey. And Care Oncology and Care Oncology with us provides the clinical interventions needed to help patients stay well. Um, can't, I, I, I can't reinforce this enough. It is really critical. I now turn the call over to Matt, um, who will discuss our financials, along with our operational highlights from the quarter. Matt? Uh, thank you, James, and hello, everyone. I'll begin by walking you through our financials for the quarter. Remember, all figures are in U.S. dollars. In the third quarter, we generated $684,000 in revenue. That's compared to $1.46 in the year-ago quarter. We reported a total comprehensive loss for the third quarter of $2.2 million or two cents per diluted share, as compared to uh, a total comprehensive loss of 2.3 million, or five cents per diluted share in the third quarter 2020. These results were largely driven by several factors, including a comparative decrease in revenue of $700,000, and that was primarily attributed to a reduction in COVID testing. There was a reduction 
in the cost of goods sold and corresponding laboratory cost of $200,000, a gain of $2.4 million from the revaluation of convertible debentures and warrants that was offset by an increase in finance-related costs of $900,000, an increase in R&D and sales and marketing of $500,000, and lastly, an increase of $500,000 in general and administrative expenses. The comparative increases associated with G&A, R&D, sales and marketing, and even financing are largely attributed to the acquisition of care oncology and the corresponding integration of operations, including the compensation and one-time consulting support associated with that acquisition. As a reminder, we do present adjusted EBITDA as a metric to compare our results on an operating basis. In Q3 2021, our adjusted EBITDA was a $2.1 million loss as compared to a loss of $100,000 in the third quarter 2020. Please see a full reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP financial results in our third quarter 2021 MD&A. Turning our attention to the balance sheet for just a moment, we closed the third quarter with $1.6 million in cash as compared to $4.2 million at the end of the second quarter. During the quarter, we used $2.5 million cash in the operations and $100,000 in financing activities. There were no warrants exercised in Q3. Supporting our results in the quarter, our laboratory generated just over $400,000 in revenues, predominantly associated with COVID-19 testing in the third quarter, and $3.3 million for 2021 so far this year. While we've seen a recent reduction in COVID testing since the first quarter, we did experience a slight increase in COVID testing in the third quarter. As we're all aware, COVID continues to produce unprecedented hurdles as society drives toward resuming a more normal balance with the introduction of vaccines. However, the need for testing continues as borders open, personal and professional travel resumes, and large employers return to offices. While the trajectory and severity of COVID infection remains unpredictable, we expect testing to increase throughout the next several months and into early 2022. Can you please turn to slide 10? We're pleased with the results we've seen from our COVID-19 testing program, and our dedicated response to this pandemic is something that our entire company can be proud of. We've completed many thousands of tests so far this year and have helped to facilitate critical cross-border travel and return to work efforts. Moreover, the operational advancements Stage Zero made through the, through the development and rollout of our testing program has made a lasting impact on our company. We've gained competency in, in the large-scale coordination of mobile phlebotomists, we've deepened our laboratory expertise, and we've built important relationships with everyone in our testing program, from physicians and nurses to customers and patients. Please turn to slide 11. Turning to our core business operations, as James mentioned, our acquisition of Care Oncology was a watershed moment in the company's history. We now are truly a vertically integrated healthcare services company and offer a complete telehealth solution for patients. We're able to comprehensively address patients across the spectrum of health and illness, with everything from early diagnostics to sophisticated and proprietary cancer treatment protocols, regardless of stage. Furthermore, we've opened the doors of our Richmond, Virginia laboratory so that we can provide patients an opportunity to not only access COVID-19 testing services, but also our groundbreaking Aristotle product. This lab is one of the most technically capable labs in the entire world, having a CAP accreditation and a CLIA certification. Only 1% of laboratories in the United States meet these rigorous criteria. Our flagship Richmond Laboratory will serve as a model for our future growth. 
Please turn to slide 12. Such growth includes the continued development and build-out of our leadership team and skilled staff. Our long-term strategy is to deepen, broaden, and expand our capabilities every day. Specifically, we're talking about deepening our cancer detection capabilities in order to detect even more tumor types in the earliest of stages. We're doing this through an investment in our R&D capabilities and the integration of next-generation sequencing. When we talk about broadening what we do, we're referring to the targeting of gene signatures for other chronic illnesses, to evaluate an individual's risk of cardiometabolic, autoimmune, and even neurological diseases in the future. Today, we're focused on cancer and many of the different forms and stages of it, but the framework we've built is repeatable for a vast array of other chronic illnesses as well. We're working to expand our reach in three key ways. First, we will further integrate technology into our treatment protocol and platform. The evolution of how we treat patients will increasingly include machine learning and artificial intelligence, allowing us to further individualize our patient treatment in revolutionary ways. Second, over the next several months, we expect to perfect the operations of our hub and spoke model by leveraging strategically located regional partner labs so that over the next several years, we can deploy our model globally. The hub and spoke strategy that we have developed will prove to be a critical aspect of deploying Aristotle and our other liquid biopsy technologies in the future. And third, we're working through the legal and regulatory process to facilitate the global launch of our telehealth platform. Please turn to slide 13. As James mentioned, our strategy has positioned Sage Darrow at the nexus of three of the fastest growing trends in healthcare, liquid biopsies, telehealth, and early diagnostics. And we're excited to be able to drive a paradigm shift in healthcare and fulfill our mission of helping more patients live longer and healthier lives. With that, we can open the call to questions. Rebecca, please go ahead. Thank you so much, Matt. Catherine, would you please give the audience instruction on how to put forward their questions, and then I will go to the Q&A on our webcast. Certainly. Ladies and gentlemen, the floor is open for questions. If you have any questions or comments, star one on your phone now. We ask that while posing your question, you please pick up your handset if listening on speakerphone to provide optimum sound quality. Once again, if you have any questions or comments, please press star one on your phone now. Please hold while we poll for questions. Rebecca, would Great, you uh, like to start with the emailed questions? Yes, I'll start with those. Uh, our first question is, is care oncology providing revenue in this quarter? Yeah. yeah, I could take that one. Thank you, Rebecca. It's a good question. So um, we need to remember that, that Care Oncology was acquired in early September, right? So it was part of our, our operations and our results for just one month of the quarter. However, it was immediately accretive, um, and so it did provide some revenue, but the impact of it is marginal. Um, I think we should all expect to have a much more uh, significant impact in the fourth quarter. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks, Matt. Uh, we also have a question, I believe, for Padman, giving some clarity on our patient journey for both TREAT and Aristotle. Can you speak to that? Yeah, of course. Thanks for the question. Uh, really important question, actually. I, I think it's probably important to give you a little bit of background about Care Oncology. Um, so the Care Oncology Clinic was, was first launched back in 2013, and, and what we do is to treat cancer patients with a patented protocol of safe repurposed medicines uh, very much as an adjunct to their standard cancer treatment they receive from their oncologists. 
Uh, the drugs that we use are known to have beneficial anti-cancer effects by their roles in, in mitigating uh, chronic inflammation and metabolic dysfunction, which we know are true of the two of the biggest drivers of cancer and other chronic diseases. Um, and that the modifications afforded by our protocol um, essentially optimize the patient's internal environment and make it as hostile as possible uh, to optimize the standard of care treatments that oncologists are giving. We actually have published a paper in 2019 which, which attests to this. Uh, it demonstrated uh, an almost doubling of survival in patients with the highest grade of brain cancer, something called glioblastoma multiforme, which is traditionally very, very difficult to treat. Um, and so what we did with, with care oncology was take that deep knowledge that we gained um, and understood that the same chronic inflammatory and deranged metabolic pathways that drive worse cancer outcomes in our treat patients, they're also responsible for the development of new disease, whether that's cancer or cardiovascular disease, uh, or autoimmune disease in the first place. And we received lots of families um, of, of patients um, who, who were asking, what about me? You know, what, how are you going to stop me from getting cancer? And so we designed Avert, which is designed to, to target consumers one step earlier. So rather than treating them when they do have established disease, Avert seeks to delineate those consumers who are at high risk of developing disease or already have very early stage disease. And Aristotle clearly helps with that. Um, we do this for our extensive patient questionnaires, highly specialist blood tests, thorough physiological testing, and Aristotle tests where appropriate. And that enables us to create a bespoke risk profile for each user, and then intervene early if required at a time that we can provide those benefits. Um, and I think it's really important to note here that the cancer and chronic disease patient journey is very, very different to a one-off diagnostic test patient journey. Our experience with care oncology and our work helps us to realize the inherent value that cancer patients place on direct clinician oversight and education. And that's where our offering is so different. Um, our team is designed to be a point of contact to patients at all points of their care journey, whether it be completely well consumers engaging with us within AVERT due to worries about their underlying health status, uh, those with symptoms or, or positive Aristotle tests who are undergoing you know, screening or diagnostic testing, or patients with established diagnoses who enroll in the TREAT program. And we have the expertise to support, advise, and, and intervene at every step of this journey. I hope that answers it. No, Pat, Pat, that's good. I'll add, uh, I'll add a tiny piece on that. I think just clarification for, um, for investors too. Um, if we look at the entry points for this, the entry points for TREAT are patients that are critically ill with cancer. So they're already under standard of care, and so they come to us for the adjunctive treatment. Um, patients in through AVERT um, it, it initially are coming to us essentially through Aristotle. They are coming to us through a series of the other cancer tests as well. Sometimes they want the single test, um, but essentially the entry point is through Aristotle. As it broadens out, um, we will be doing the, the sort of broader metabolic approach as it drives too, but that's the beginning point for all of this. Um, I think one of the questions that people have is, you know, obviously the ramp up in terms of where we expect to go in revenue, um, it's a continuum. The first thing we had to do, as we talked about, is bolt these two pieces together. You've got to get your systems working, then you drive it through. And the reason for doing this is that these are cancer tests. These are not COVID tests. 
So with all of the things we've talked about, and you have to have this continuum of treatment. So with everything now in place, um, we're actually moving down the path rather aggressively, and uh, you know, we'll continue to report on that, obviously, as we move out across the next while. Rebecca, back to you. Yes, we have Patrick McGarry on the line. Catherine, can you let his question come through? Patrick's line is live. Good morning. Hope you're all well. Uh, Jim, you just recently touched on the revenue side of things, which is the primary basis of the question. Um, I think a clear pathway to what revenue looks like in subsequent quarters, you know, specifically the near term, is obviously uh, something that is of high interest. I think there's a drastic disparity between the expectations and what truly is reality uh, from a scale perspective. We're obviously just amalgamating the two companies. We're not going to go from zero to a thousand, but uh, could you provide any kind of expectation or, or reasonable tangible material revenue projection or anything kind of in the next kind of Q4, Q1 and, and forward on? Yep. Uh, Patrick, good question. Um, I can't give projections. Um, wouldn't wouldn't be the right thing to do, but let's yeah. let's make sure that we can address it in as good a fashion as possible. I think the first thing that we've learned with COVID is everything takes three times longer than you would expect it to take. So just just the practicality of it. So if you look at the fact that we bolted the two organizations together only at the beginning of September, um, if anyone has been involved in an acquisition and knows the complexity of putting these together, we have come together remarkably quickly. So the good thing about this is um, it's come together very quickly. The bad thing about it, yes, it always takes a little longer than you need. But you have to have the process in place before you – you've got to have the funnel properly there before you can begin to fill it. Uh, the good thing now, the funnel is essentially fully in place. Those pieces that aren't we can fall into place as we go along. We have started to fill the funnel. We have significant demand sitting out there. We've been queuing people. We've been backing them up until all of this could run. Um, we've actually opened the taps on that, and we're bringing those people in right now. So um, although there was marginal effect um, from the care oncology acquisition in Q3, Q4, we will have full effect, um, and not just full effect, but we'll have the build-out across that. We're actually growing the business that has come to us out of care oncology, both in the U.S. and the U.K., uh, we're continuing to fine-tune that. So, in other words, just the existing business, we are growing. In addition to that, we're obviously now able to sort of fully turn on Aristotle. We're also able to fully turn on Avert. And so all of those will build out. But, the, but, but I'm also going to caution people here. Um, I, I know we work to quarters, but quarters are an artificial construct when you're working with a company. The thing with the company is you have to build it. By and large, the business cycle will run from about September until sort of the beginning of the next summer as it drives through. You've got a little bit of the hiccup across the sort of December, um, Christmas, New Year period as it slows down. But other than that, that's the cycle. And you drive through, and then, of course, it slows down a little over the summer months. So for us, we're focused on um, making it extremely successful, driving the revenue as hard as we can. We're very confident we can do that. We're operating at this point, um, pretty much holding our heads level. So that part's there, and so you build it out. Um, and so that's where we go. 
and um, we will have to we will have to report as we go ahead. But the full effect of the acquisition is only just beginning, and I think that's the key part to your question. Makes sense. No, I can. Yeah, certainly, Jim. I appreciate that. And um, you know, operationally, the business has obviously never been in a better place, and I'm sure the financial performance will reflect that moving forward. Um, just quickly, one last question to segue off of the revenue. Uh, obviously, with the current cash on hand relative to the monthly cash burn, um, you know, we're in a situation where the next quarter, if we continue to be on the same cash burn rate, uh, there's obviously going to be a deficit there. Is there any capital intensive raises that are looking to come down the pipe? We we don't know. Um, we haven't made any decisions with respect to this. Um, I think it's always a balance as you go on out. Obviously, you're building it. So, so let me sorry. Let me step back and answer that a little differently. Um, we've just listed on OTCQB. Um, we need to begin to build out very aggressively into the U.S. We've been doing a series of non-deal roadshows um, with some of the banks into the U.S. so that we're very U.S. focused. And um, we know that there is very significant demand um, or very significant appetite for where we are. In actual fact, um, you know, the, the, the usual question is, wow, how do, how, how do we get in? So very, very strong focus. Part of what you invariably have to do as you go down this path is that you've got to allow opportunities for um, the institutional investors to get in. That means you have to have a capital strategy, all of this building forward to us um, listing on NASDAQ. And so, yes, I think there should be full expectation that as we move out across the next 12 months, yes, we're going to be raising capital, whether we need it immediately or not, um, because it's the right thing to do. However, what we do when, um, we haven't decided yet. We'll have to sort that out as we go along. And, um, you know, the other thing, too, right now we think we've got the beginnings of a bonfire as it's beginning to really burn quite brightly. Um, one of the things to do if you have more money, too, is that you can actually throw gasoline on the bonfire. We'll have to decide whether that's an appropriate strategy. And, and so we would go there. Um, good. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Have a great day, guys. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Um, Re Rebecca, shall I shall I um, maybe address the shareholder meeting? I think we've had Yeah, some. I was just going to say we have a question as well on the shareholder meeting, and uh, just speaking to whether the milestones have been achieved or when we expect that to happen. Yeah, yeah. So I think a, a, a fair degree of confusion regarding the shareholder meeting, and apologies if, if we were not clear enough in the beginning. Um, the deal that was done was was for 15 million shares for the acquisition of Care Oncology. There's an additional 8 million shares that goes to health clinics upon the achievement of certain milestones. Um, those milestones are performance-related, and um, that is achieving $4 million on one of the programs. Um, it's really good growth in terms of where it goes, and so that is where it is. So the, what we're asking investors for is not whether to approve the 8 million shares, 
we're asking we need to pay it either in shares or we need to pay it in cash um, should they achieve the performance milestone. So therefore, we're asking whether there is a preference in paying it in shares or paying it as the royalty. And um, if anyone doesn't have full details on that, you can come to us for it or you can look it up on the FAQs. Um, so it is there. The performance milestone, when it is met, we will announce, um, which means it has not yet been met. Bear in mind, bear in mind that we only put this together on September 2nd. So um, it would be amazing if it was met in one month. It would also mean that we had set the bar incredibly low. We haven't. We, we needed a way to ensure that we would see significant growth out of this program, that everyone would keep their focus on it, and so that's what we've done. If, we get, if, if they meet the performance milestone, and at this point, it looks as if they definitely will. Uh, and I say they because it's actually us at this point, but it means that we're getting the growth out of the program that we anticipated. Then it is good for all of us. So that that is that. Rebecca answered clearly enough. Yes, I think so. We have one last question. Uh, someone is asking whether we still have our relationship with Mercer. Yes, the answer to that is yes. We we retain our um, employer. In in fact, let me let me address that a little more broadly. We not only retain our employer relationships, we're actually adding to them. And um, I know that there is huge focus on us moving into the employer field. We will at the most appropriate point. And so let let me let me step back a little bit on just the entire process behind Aristotle, behind Avert. Treat treat run separately. Treat is for critically ill patients. People come through on that. The rest that is focused into the early diagnosis, early treatment aspect is is different. And so right now, um, Avert. Aristotle, Aristotle Avert, depending upon which way you want to position it, is um, available to all patients. And um, we're actually getting very good interest and very good uptake. So we drive down that. As you move from that, you go right where do you take it next. Um, and so we are in discussion with significant groups of physicians um, as they look to expand it. The obvious answer, the obvious question is would we make it available to physicians outside of our um, own clinic set work, sorry, set up? And the answer to that is yes. And we're in discussion with groups on that, but we're not going after the single individual physician. It doesn't make sense to us. We need people that we can work with on a repeat basis that essentially become part, part and parcel of what we do because that's what benefits everyone. So can you expect that as we move out in the future? Yes, you can. What about healthcare groups in terms of taking it into hospitals, into clinics, the likes? Yes, you can expect that as well. Then you move to the employers, and as we've spoken with a significant number of employers, the answer is yes, we want to do this, but right now we're still figuring out how to mostly stay alive, to sort out who we screen, who we don't screen, who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. And the moment we start to get through all of this, we will begin to ramp up in terms of doing these programs. We're very active in this area as we talk to people, and that too will play out in due course. 
And um, I think you will see over the next little while as we put announcements into the marketplace, um, you will see um, a variety of interesting new groups that we're working with. I hope that answers it well. Thanks, James. Those are our questions. Okay, that's marvelous. So, um, in conclusion, um, I'd like to summarize the um, key points of the call again. You know, Q3 has been an exceptionally busy quarter. Taking the quarter, and up until now, we've closed the acquisition of Care Oncology, and we've pretty much mostly integrated operations. We have Aristotle as the centerpiece to the overt offering. We're also continuing a single cancer diagnostics, breast entry, colon entry, and prostate health index. We have a partnership with Quest Diagnostics that has allowed us to offer expanded inflammatory pathway testing to aid in the diagnosis of early disease, especially cancer. We've launched a vote in the U.S. and are showing excellent initial uptake. We will launch um, a vote in the U.K. and Europe um, in the early part of next year. We have increased our oncologist support in both the U.S. and U.K. Europe. We've boosted the advertising budget, and we've seen an immediate increase in consultations. We intend to significantly expand on this. COVID testing remains steady, and we have several new partnerships starting that are expected to increase demand. And with that, um, we'll thank you for joining us today. Rebecca. Thank you for joining us today. This concludes our conference call. You may now disconnect. Operator. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's event. You may disconnect at this time and have a wonderful day. Thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.